Good morning, folks, and welcome back to the Funky Brain Podcast. My name is Dennis, and we're going to hang out with my funky brain today. Our guest today is the host and creator of the Hello Someday Podcast, Alcohol Recovery Show, which aims to help women in sobriety, and it's Mrs. Casey Davidson. How are you doing today, Casey? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm excited to be here. You are. I'm excited that you're here, too. We're going to have a fun chat. Uh, she's also a certified life coach, so she has her coaching business it's called Hello Someday Coaching. So how did you get into this coaching stuff and this podcast stuff? Well, I actually quit drinking about four and a half years ago. And like most people, I sort of worried about my drinking long before I quit. Um, I, you know, started, I always loved to drink. So drank a ton in college and then graduated college and, and felt like an adult and would drink wine every night in my apartment after work because that's what adults do. And it was just a part of my life. Like it was part of who I thought my identity was. It was how I had fun. It was sophisticated. Um, you know, I met my boyfriend, now my husband, and we used to, we moved to Seattle from DC. We used to go out in our kayaks and, and I would, you know, have wine in a, in a, um, in a water bottle you know, because you don't want to spill it. And he would have his beer and all of our, all of our anniversary trips were to wine tasting regions and tons of um, dinner parties with friends. I mean, it was just, I drank 365 days a year, seven days a week. You know, at the same time, I was a corporate girl. I was climbing the corporate ladder at a bunch of big companies and startups. And my anxiety started going off the chart. And of course, I thought it was because I had such a stressful life and my job was so hard. And, and I didn't realize until I actually quit drinking, like I didn't know that everyone has the 3 a.m. wake up with the anxiety. Um, I thought that I was just so stressed out that um, this is what happened and that wine was actually part of the glue holding me together. Like it was my one treat. I would work late um, at night with my wine next to me, typing on the computer, right? It was sort of what helped me keep going and bond with colleagues at happy hour and complain about our jobs. It was just part of our lives. And, you know, my dad passed away when I was 29. I drank my way through that. Somewhere after I had my son, so I had my son at 32 and um, I pretty quickly went back to drinking and would just, you know, start drinking a bottle of wine a night and thought it was normal. I kind of did. I surrounded myself with big drinkers. Um, and then one day I read Drinking a Love Story with, by Caroline Knapp, which was just incredible. And it starts out with, I fell in love. And then because the thing that I loved was destroying everything in my life, I had to fall out of love mm. and just goes into the romance of drinking and how incredible it is and how you feel and um, how you're, you know, just the progression, right? Between starting to have drinks before you meet colleagues and starting to drink after you come home from the party and thinking about whether you have enough. And, um, you know, that was a wake up call. And I, I, all of a sudden, like wrote myself a note, like I have a problem with drinking, I need to stop. And then in classic form, five days later, I came back to the note and did an addendum 
nope, no problem with drinking. It's all okay. <laughs> you know, like my brain was like, ooh, let's back off of this. So kept drinking um, pretty much until I was 38 when all of a sudden, again, major anxiety attacks, really unhappy despite having a fabulous life and a great husband and a great kid kind of had a moment of crisis. I found a secret Facebook group of people trying to quit drinking and posted there, you know, said, Hey, I'm, I'm 38. I work in tech. I have a great husband and kids and I drink like this and I'm terrified to stop. At 38, I got on this group and 20 women wrote me back and said, I am just like you and I get it and it's okay. I quit and I feel better. And here's how I did it. And one of the women was in Seattle. She was four months sober. She, um, we had a lot in common just in life. And she said, I go to AA and I love it. And let me bring you to a meeting. And I was terrified. I hadn't even ever really considered AA for some reason. Like that was something that just wasn't on my radar. I wasn't there yet. And so I went to a meeting with her. It was interesting. You know, I just, she loved it. I was so happy she could hold my hand through it. For about four months, I went to meetings, you know, five days a week, uh, women's meetings at 10 a.m. At about four months, I got pregnant with my daughter and I went back to work. And my boss was actually sober for 20 years and she knew about what I was doing and she was an AA. So I was like, you know what, I'm good. Um, I had told her about my drinking. I told her I'd gone to AA. And so I, I pretty much backed completely away from that. And then once I had my daughter, I had done sort of like the slow shuffle backwards enough that I was like, you know what? I, I was just in a stressful time. It wasn't the drinking. I can moderate. You know, the truth is I actually just wanted to drink. I started drinking, you know, date with my husband, two drinks. Um, when my daughter was like a week old, two weeks old, then another date, you know, like a couple of weeks later, within a month, I was back to a bottle of wine in my house drinking every night. It went on for 22 months. I was still a member of my secret Facebook group. I looked at the online, you know, someone else was posting about their day one and someone in the string recommended a sober coach that I'd heard about a lot that I knew other people um, had worked with and raved about. And I went into the office at 10 a.m. and I emailed her and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. That's how I quit drinking. That was my last day one. And her goal was just get 100 days without alcohol. And that's what I do with my coaching clients now. You know, I've done a lot of life coaching, my approach is different. And yet the goal is the same because as you know, a lot of people quit for 30 days and then they say, I'm good. Or they get to 50 days when like some more anxiety hits and like life happens. And they're just like, you know what? I've done enough. I can moderate. So by a hundred days, you, you know, I had to go through parties and happy hours and anxiety and frustrations at work and being overwhelmed by my kids and what to do on a Friday night and going on dates with my husband. And I hadn't drank. And I'd had support from my coach. I emailed her every day for a year. I mean, I just, um, even after we stopped kind of working closely together, I'd be like, I'm on day 10 and here's how I'm feeling. I'm on day 12. And she would write me back and give me feedback and reassure me and tell me it was normal and tell me to hold on, that it gets better. And I believed her. And so 
that's it. And after I quit drinking for about two years, um, I was still, I was going on yoga retreats with sober women. My world got so much bigger. I kept all my friends who drank, the ones who were there for me no matter what. Um, we just went to brunch and on walks instead of big parties. But I made this whole new world of really cool women and some men who used to drink. I really loved my life. And at that point, I kind of got to the point where my corporate job that still caused me anxiety and stress and didn't fulfill me didn't seem that attractive to the life I was building anymore. It just, you know, it was a disconnect from what I cared about and what I was building and what my just my heart wanted to do. And so I went back to coaching school you know, and I wasn't sure what it would mean. I was like, at the worst case scenario, I'll meet a lot of cool people and get some great self-development and internal coaching skills that'll help me at work. And best case, it'll be my next 20-year career. And I decided I want it to be my next 20-year career. So I coached for a year plus, year and a half on nights and weekends and went full-time um, in January this year. Awesome. Yeah. What a great story. I mean, it's, it's very common except for the coaching part. And I love that because we both do that and that's where yes. we really connect. And I think it's awesome. Like I did a podcast earlier and he was all AA and you know, I don't bash anything actually, because I yeah. think if your life is in the shitter and you're like spiraling down the rabbit hole and you don't know how to get out and you find a way, then that's the way. You know, I think it's fine. And I went to AA for a really long time and did a lot of stuff, but I think that it falls short. It doesn't stop the growth. There was a lack somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. It only, it brings you so far. And even in the book, it'll say, you know, seek outside help when, whenever you can or whenever yeah. it's necessary or whatever like that. So I'm a huge proponent of that and I'm a coach. And so I coach mostly men, but I have women I work with and you coach mostly women. And, uh, and I think it's a great way because it, it facilitates a lot of growth. It helps you not just see where you're falling short and point out all the character defects and then leave you there. It, yes. it, it brings you, it keeps bringing you further. And the idea for me that what I was taught is like, I need to become independent. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people come become dependent on AA itself and don't continue to grow. One of the reasons I love coaching, which is what you said, is, you know, of course, I've done therapy and I love therapy, but coaching is, you know, therapy is about looking back to some extent and understanding why you do what you do and working on some of that cognitive behavioral therapy and trauma that was a reason that you drank and sort of trying to heal that. But coaching, most people who drink are stuck they have goals in their lives. They have things that they want to do. And yet they're in this groundhog day of not moving forward. Once you quit drinking, one of the reasons I love coaching women is drinking is really in my mind, the presenting problem. Like that is what brings them into coaching at the end of the day or AA or anything else, right? They have finally gotten to the point where they've realized that all their rules, all their moderating is not working. They're just sort of sick and tired of being sick and tired, as the saying goes. Once they remove the alcohol and get through that period of anxiety, uncertainty, triggers, coping mechanisms, these women are incredible. They are smart and capable and organized and responsible. And so that potential is unleashed the whole world opens up to them and that is so gratifying because coaching is taking you from where you are from being stuck 
to where you want to be and addressing all those limiting beliefs and assumptions and fear at the end of the day, that's been keeping you stuck. So you get to leap forward and have your life driven by your hopes and not your fears. And that is so fun. So with coaching, it's like, all right, well, yeah, this is kind of a problem. Why don't we get rid of that? And let's work on this. And then here's your yes. goal. We're going to get you there too. So how yeah. do you do some of that stuff with your mind? Well, women, when they come to me, and of course, we do a call beforehand to make sure I'm a great fit for them, they're a good fit for me. Basically, they have gotten to the point where they've tried to stop drinking before. And so I just tell women, like, if you are going to work with me, we have a joint goal. Your goal is to get to 100 days without alcohol. And in the process, we're going to work together to build your sober foundation, which in my mind is like what to eat, what to drink how to build an evening routine, how to build an anchor activity during your triggering times, sober treats, like quitting drinking should feel like self-care, like you're finally actually dealing with the emotions that are triggering you to drink and looking at some of the underlying issues. Like most people drink because they feel like they need to, to tolerate their life. And the question is like, you don't need to drink. You actually need to change some parts of your life. You need boundaries. You need to take care of yourself. You need to change some of the requirements that you set up and let some stuff go. So you have time to heal. Once we get through the sober foundation, we work on building your sober muscles. So in my mind, that is going to events and not drinking. And when I work with women, we have weekly calls in the very beginning, right? Because we need to check in every week, stuff comes up, your brain starts saying drinking is a good idea, this is all too hard. You know, how do you have a partner and actually ask for their help? How do you communicate to them that you're not drinking and you need them not to bring your drink of choice into the home? I mean, I say that having if your jam is red wine, which was mine, or white wine in the fridge, ha trying not to drink that when you have it right there because your spouse wants to drink and doesn't want to give it up is like having a birthday cake on your counter for three weeks when you're trying to give up sugar. Like willpower only takes you so far. But that conversation is hard because a lot of the women I work with I don't actually require that they say that they're an alcoholic. I'm not even sure I use that word about myself. Um, I clearly have an alcohol um, problem. I don't believe I should ever drink again. I don't believe it'll ever go well for me, but I don't personally find the label helpful. If other people do, I think that's awesome. I don't think I'm better than them. I just, for me, it's not a label I choose to adopt. Um, I say that I don't, I don't mess with alcohol anymore. I don't, you know, if I drink, I've never had a glass of wine in my life. I want the bottle and then I want more. And if I drink, I will bring back that drinking cycle. And all I will think about is drinking or not drinking. And I don't, I've done it, but like I know enough, but you know, I say to women, you don't have to, you know, cause a lot of what brings people back is I'm never going to drink again. And if I'm never going to drink again, I might as well drink on my birthday at this party, I'll start tomorrow. Um, or I'm not sure I'm bad enough. I may not really have a problem. And in my mind, like, don't ask yourself if you are bad enough or if you really have a problem. Ask yourself if drinking is good enough to keep on going or if you want something different and better for your life. And 
I actually don't even think it's helpful for women in the beginning to say, I will never drink again. I say, your goal is 100 days. And in that time, we're going to do the work together. We're going to do the work on your mindset. We're going to do the work on coping skills, boundaries, comparing and contrasting, drinking versus not drinking. Your relationships improve. You get more honest. And by the time you get to 100 days, in my mind, your next goal is 180 days, six months. You've done 100. What's 80 more? And then you get to six months and you're like, my life is better. My life is actually better. And I'm going to go for a year. Once I got to a year, I was like, I'm done. I'm good. And at six months, I was kind of like that. But you even work with people on telling people, other people in their lives that they don't drink anymore. You know, what I always say is, yeah, I used to drink a lot and then I quit. And I sleep better. My anxiety is better. I have more energy. I'm able to achieve my goals. Um, my marriage is better. And by the way, I'm not worried about driving home after a girl's night at the wine bar, all the things. And that's enough. Now, if someone asks me more, I tell them more. Like if someone is genuinely like, how'd you do that? I'm worried about my drinking. I, I am clearly I'm out, right? <laughs> I have a podcast. I coach. I'm a sober coach. But <laughs> Some people are like, oh, no big deal. They shrug, no worries. Some people are like, oh, wow, I, I have to be careful too. I, I've dealt with anxiety. I've taken, I take 30 days off it, you know? And I'm like, okay. And then if they're really worried, they, they come back to me. And then some people are like, oh my God, you don't drink. How do you do that? That's so lame, never. And in my mind, those are people who have their own issue with alcohol. And there's no point in discussing it with them until they're ready. And maybe at some point they'll know I'm here. It's good for people to hear this, that they don't have to be stuck to the 12-step program if it's not something they believe in. If you yeah. believe in it and it's what you want to do, you should go there. I always say, and I pop in every now and then too. I went this last week and, you know, it's fine. And I was noticing now that I don't go as much and I'm in, I'm in my coaching world. I do what I do. Um, that a lot of the limiting beliefs that are there. So it's good, you know, to talk with somebody, you know, my, my whole logo and my whole uh, tagline, my webinars that I'm doing, it's all kick your addiction and master your life. Yeah. You know, like everything you were just talking about, it's so important to realize that, you know, alcohol, drugs, food, sex, whatever you're addicted to, it's not the problem. It's yeah. what I'm using to cope with the problem. Yes. And it's definitely part of the problem. And we need to eliminate that part. And then we have to work on mastering our life. Yes. And people fall short there and they don't realize it's not a not drinking contest. It's well, and there problem. are all those comments about being a dry drunk, which AA is great in doing that work too, right? And keeping your own side of the street clean. I truly believe in community and that's being so important. I don't believe AA is the only way to find community and support. I found it on my secret Facebook groups. I'm a member of She Recovers Together, which is just a global, incredible organization. I'm becoming a She Recovers coach in addition to my other certification. So we have um, sharing circles. We have an amazing sharing circle in Seattle where just all these amazing women come together who all are either trying to eliminate alcohol or have eliminated alcohol and drugs. Drugs was not my thing. So you can find community online. You can find community in other people who don't drink around. There are a lot of groups and programs out there. 
so that if just, you know, another thing about AA, and I know they have meetings online now, which is great, but I was a working mom, and the way that I quit drinking was podcasts and online groups and emailing my coach, which I could do from the office or from my phone when I was rocking my daughter to sleep. I listened to a ton of memoirs, and um, I call them quitlet. You know, they're sort of like chick, chick fl flicks. There's quit lit for women um, about other women who quit drinking and how they did it. And more importantly, what life is like now. And it's very similar to the AA. What was it like then? What happened? And what is it like now? Very similar, but it's in a way that's slightly more accessible. You don't, it doesn't have the idea of like, if you don't come back, you'll drink. The advice is not always go to a meeting, go to a meeting or be of service because a lot of times women's issue is not that they're not of service enough. It really isn't. It's that they're of service too much, that they are trying to please others and they're um, scared of conflict and they are worried people won't like them. They're of service to their spouse, their boss, their colleagues, the PTA, they're of service to their kids and they actually need to not add meetings every day, to not add one more thing, they need self-care. You don't always need to go to a meeting. Sometimes you need a bath and a run and uh, you know another activity that actually fills them up. So she recovers, celebrates AA, you know, and a patchwork of other recovery options, which some of that can be coaching, some of that can be yoga, some of that can be meditation. In my mind, and if you have a problem with drinking, whatever helps you stop drinking is awesome because drinking is addictive. I mean, there is no question. And I think there's no judgment there. Anyone with prolonged exposure to an addictive substance is going to go down the path of addiction. For some of us who use it as a coping mechanism and frankly, our only coping mechanism, you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, frustrated, bored, what overwhelmed you drink you're going to become addicted. So I personally don't think necessarily that I have a disease. No one in my family has an issue with alcohol but me. I think that I use drinking as my one and only coping mechanism. I surrounded myself with drinkers. I drank 365 nights a year, and I became addicted to a substance that is designed to make you addicted. In the world of coaching, we go into this topic a little bit more. It is addictive, but it can also become an excuse. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And that's something we need to be aware of, you know, because we have to be a hundred percent honest in order for, if we want to get to here and we're here, so we need yeah. to become a hundred percent honest. One of the things with addiction is that there's two parts and it's really sad. You know, there, there's the mental obsession part and then there's the mm -hmm. physical addiction, the cravings. So that's that one is too many thousands, not enough thing. So if I have one, now I'm going to get more and I'm going to buy an eight ball and I'm gonna smoke cigarettes and drive my car into things that don't move. So I shouldn't do that. So we have to take that out. That's the emotional obsession part. And then there's the, the physical part too, but we, we need to address all of it and then find a solution and stop using the problems in my life, my day-to-day -day stuff, my relationships, my health, my money, all that stuff. Yeah. Those, we can't use those as excuses. Those should be goals. Those should be positive things yes. to do. I love that. Right. But you need to have a coach to help you get there, right? Yeah. It's, it's nearly impossible to do on your own. 
if it's, if you do that on your own, it's a miracle. It's not therapy. It's not any of that. It's like, wow, you're a unicorn. Yeah. Most people, and by most, almost everybody can't do that on their own. So AA has the fellowship, which I think is great. And everything that you're talking about is those online groups. There are meetup groups, outreach yeah. groups. There's like thousands of groups everywhere. So you have to make that effort. Like there's people suffering sitting at home, maybe Alone. listening to us that are unwilling to pick up the phone and call. We can't reach them if we don't know they're suffering. And once they do, now you have somebody who's qualified to help you say, okay, this is where I am. This is where I want to go. Let's go. Let's get you well, there. I love and I home. love, that's why I love podcasting. And that's why I lo really love what you're doing because this is an entryway for people to hear the message if they are not ready to raise their hand yet. And a lot of it is addressing those limiting beliefs, their fears. If I stop drinking, my life is over. If I stop drinking, I'll lose all my friends. It's all the little things. And I love what you're saying about coaching because there are so many things that are underneath drinking. In my mind, not drinking is the foundation of everything else you want in life. It's the foundation of the job that you were terrified to go to because you thought that you were not good enough, you had imposter syndrome, you um, had anxiety and overwhelm because you're drinking, and therefore you were terrified to take on more. It improves your relationship. It makes parenting kids easier. You know, numbing out with alcohol parenting kids, you know, waking up with them crying and you brutally hung over is awful. You're, you have more patience and you also have more boundaries. It improves every aspect of your life. And so a lot of times people come to me and they're like, let's talk about my boss. Let's talk about my, my husband. And let's talk about how difficult my kids are. And I get that. But I'm like, trust me, let's get away from the alcohol and then we can address everything else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You got to get that part out of the way first. The biggest thing and probably the last topic that we can really hit today, I think is the, it's one of my favorites that I go into it all the time. It's like, you only have to change one thing and that's everything. And it's a misconception. Like only if only I can stop drinking, then everything else is going to be all right. I'm going to make more money. Relationships will be better. Like you were just kind of talking. Well, then about you get to address it. it. Then yeah, you get but, to deal with it. And you have to work on it. And it requires yeah. like, action steps and then working on a lot of what i focus on is one thing at a time so all right mm -hmm. now we clearly the drinking that's the big one let's take that big boulder out of the way and then we're going to work on this and then we'll work on this and yeah. then we'll work on this and now you can get stuff done because I, you know if we go to like the new year's eve resolutions that's the one that everybody connects with right so there's yeah. these five things that are on my new year's resolutions every year and by mine i mean all of ours five things and then we start to work on those five things and usually within a week the most of those are done right yeah. I, fail, I failed at those and then all of a sudden oh I need to do that I need to lose weight I need to fix this and fix that and then a year later the next January or December 31st those same five things are on those you're still stuck right so I need an accountability partner a coach a mentor somebody to walk me through these processes to do that in order to get to those goals. Yeah. And is that how you approach your Absolutely. clients? I mean, I always tell women, and actually, if you don't mind me saying this, um, on my website, I have a Sober Girl's Guide to Quitting Drinking. It's 30 tips 
for your first 30 days. It is, you know, in a shorter form, the work I, I do with my clients in the first 30 days. It's building your sober foundation. And it's a 30-page guide. So if you go to hello hellosomedaycoaching.com, you can get that absolutely free. But I, you know, I tell women that not drinking requires a singular focus. And I really discourage women from trying to go on a diet in addition to quitting drinking. I mean, like, you know, overachievers, women are like, okay, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to exercise five times a week. I'm going to only eat healthy foods. And after three weeks, you're done. And you don't know whether you're miserable because you're starving or <laughs> you're miserable well, because you it's can't drinking. do it all. You can't yeah. do it all at once. Yeah. And a lot of women do the opposite, right? They're like, I'm going to do whole 30 so that I don't drink. And that doesn't work either because you're never actually addressing your fears about quitting drinking, your fears about what your life will be like, what you're going to do in the evenings. You're just white knuckling it through. And by the way, that that's no fun, right? So I love what you're saying about one thing at a time. And also the great thing about coaching is it's not our agenda, right? It is, I mean, it's my agenda in that you're coming to me because you have an issue with alcohol. And I believe, like I said, I'm not a moderation coach. Like if you want to drink once a week, I'm not the coach for you. But beyond that, you get to choose what your dreams are and what you want to achieve um, and what's important in your life. And we get to do all the values work and the work on um, what is your ideal life and what does that look like and what's lining up. And I don't know what your ideal life is. I don't know what your dreams are, but I can help you get there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about having them pointed out and then let's work together to develop a plan, a strategic, yes. specific, actionable plan that we can measure and achieve along yeah. the way. But you need to have somebody to hold your feet to the fire, somebody to keep you accountable, be like, did you do that this week? Well, yeah. why not? All right, well, you have to, let's get this done next week. Otherwise, we can't move forward because yeah. these are your goals. Yeah. And you're going to continue to not achieve them if you don't do what I'm asking you to do here, which is why you're paying me. Yeah. So it's, a, it's awesome stuff to get in touch with you. Yeah, to get in touch with me, the best place is my website. So it's hello someday coaching.com. You can also listen to my podcast, which is on anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's the Hello Someday podcast. And it's for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. And it is life coaching and bringing on experts and authors and thought leaders, as well as myself, to basically touch on all the life coping skills well, awesome, Casey. This has been so great. We had a great talk. So thanks again, everybody. Go check Casey out and um, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day today. So you can't think your way into a new way of acting. You have to act your way into a new way of thinking and being. Hi, I'm Dennis Berry, best-selling author, speaker, and life coach for addiction recovery. So many people are stuck in their addiction, whether it's like drugs or alcohol or food or shopping or sex or money, and they think they could just stop or try to figure it out on their own, but they don't change anything in their lives. Nothing changes if nothing changes. 
In order for change to happen, you have to change something. My clients will be like, oh, I'll stop tomorrow, or if this happens, then I stop, or someday I'll just give it up. And then they just sit around and think, 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 and hope for different or better results, but it doesn't happen. You have to take action. Action most people aren't willing to take. People don't become willing until they're in enough pain, me included. And unfortunately, they wait, and they wait and time passes by. Even if you are willing, you don't even know where to begin. And that's where I come in. In my best-selling book, Funky Wisdom, A Practical Guide to Life, I talk about the how approach. How do I get sober? How do I stop doing drugs? How do I become healthier? How do I have more successful relationships? How do I become more financially successful? And the answer is how. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. I have to honestly admit that there's a problem. I have to honestly admit that things aren't going well and there needs to be changes. And then once I do that, the door opens and I become open to seeing new ways of living. And then I become willing to make those changes. You can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. That's why I'm here to help. And you know, I've been working with clients for over 15 years and helping them get clean and sober and change their lives and achieve inner peace and success. If you or somebody you love is struggling and doesn't know where to begin and how to make those changes to get to where they need to be, give me a call. Not tomorrow or in a week from now when you're hungover and your life is falling apart. Call now. Start making that change today and you'll be glad that you did. I'm sending you love and good vibes. Have a great day today.